Hello ladies and gentlemen, this is Dino Ray Ramos and you are listening to another episode of Deadline's new Hollywood podcast. I am flying solo for this intro, solo and intro rhyme. Um, yes, uh, it's just me in this intro, sorry. Amanda's still around, she's just busy, so is David. So I'm the only one that's not busy, so I'm recording the intro. Um, anyways, this week we have the wonderful and beautiful Natasha Rothwell as a guest on the Deadline New Hollywood podcast. And she is spectacular. Every morning she reminds a certain somebody who's running the country that he's trash. And I love her for that. She's a writer, actor. She, you know, she's probably going to direct, produce, and do everything. She she just re- recently signed an overall deal with HBO. She's... She's an insecure. She's a fan favorite. Kelly, you guys know who Kelly is. She's like one of the best people on Insecure. Um, she's going to be in Sonic the Hedgehog, Wonder Woman 1984. She was in Love, Simon. What can't this woman do? Um, yeah, so we talked to her about everything. We even talked to her about, you know, the whole WGA and her dropping her agent. It, get, it gets serious. <laughs> in this conversation a little bit uh but no we 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 talk about of course insecure and we try to pry any spoilers from her about insecure she gave us little bits of teases here and there but nothing really big um but she kept her mouth shut about wonder woman 1984 i would i i i don't I, I, we, we tried, guys. I'm sorry. We, we really tried to get her to talk about Wonder Woman 1984, but she, she, she wouldn't budge because she wanted to keep her job. She didn't want to get in trouble. Um, but yes, yes, uh, she is our guest this week, and she is wonderful to talk to, and I hope you enjoy this episode. Without further ado, here is Miss Natasha Rothwell. Natasha Roth was in the house. Do people still say that? I know, right? When when that came out of my mouth, I felt so old and like unhip. Do people people still say in the house? Yeah, do they still say in the house? Yeah, I think so. I think so. so. They don't raise the roof, though. (laughs) I think it's the confidence with which you raise the roof or champion being in the house. Even when raise the roof was a thing, I did not feel comfortable raising the roof. Because that one was that was the go-to dance. But then, like, I feel like the white people kind of killed it. I know. But I'm now very suspect of anyone who raises the roof with confidence. Like, still, like, if you're still confident doing it, then I need to know what you're on. All right. No, I remember when one time there was this one, he was this, like this white boy. Mm-hmm. He was like, oh, raise the roof, bring it down. And he did that. And I was like, okay. I was like, okay, on we're it. done. Okay. <laughs> bring it down. Speaking oh. of comedy. Yeah. <laughs> well, so Natasha, you are very funny. Thank you. <laughs> Were you always into the comedy world when you were, like, even just, like, as a little girl or or whatever? I was always trying to make people laugh. Okay. Like, that has been consistent. I think I figured out sort of uh, why I like making people laugh, and I feel like it's such a a tool, especially, like, cultures of really oppressed people. That's Mm. where you, like, get the funny Mm. funnies because it's just like, oh, we're making light so that way we can get through, like, our current. Mm -hmm. And so... 
Um, I was an Air Force brat, moved around oh, a ton. Me too. Yes. Well. Yeah, two yeah. high schools, two middle schools, two yeah. elementary schools. And oh, wow. so when you're new, for me, that was just coping mechanism. Uh-huh. I was just like, I'll be the funniest girl in class and I'll get all the friends that way. And mm. then it angered teachers because I wasn't <laughs> just, yeah, I was the like class the class clown yeah, with yeah. the grades. And so I was just oh, like, so I already finished my test. <laughs> So, uh, look at me, look at me. So <laughs> you were you were a disruptor, but you were like, oh, I get my shit done. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so I think I learned how to really sort of like weaponize comedy like later on in like high school and college when I was just mm. like, oh, it's a tool for like change too. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. I've always loved to laugh and make people laugh. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Did you always know that? I mean, like asking someone who is in comedy who is a comedian, if they're like, have you always known you were funny? That's a really weird yeah, question. Yeah, I always wonder that. Like, how do people, how do you know you're funny? Like, yeah. How do you? Because you have to stay to humble and yeah. you have to have this humility you. about yourself, but you don't want to be all, hey guys, I'm really funny. <laughs> you, don't want to tell, you, don't, you don't want to be like that. Hey, listen now. <laughs> I'm about to rock your world. <laughs> no. You don't go up to the a stage and be all, guys, mm-hmm. I'm um, a comedian and I am funny, <laughs> so get ready. I think too, like for me, the... The funny was just like I I'm a voyeur. I mm. I'm a observational person mm. and I study people and I feel like the best definition of comedy that I heard was just it's the truth but quickly mm-hmm. and that's what's funny was yeah. when you hear something and it's like oh you hit me with that truth really fast. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so my approach to like understanding that I was funny to people was that like I like to tell truths I like to be honest about what I see and what I observe Mm. in the world and so it was never sort of just like a me in the room one day waking up being like oh my (laughs) I can turn a joke (laughs) it's more just like oh I when I'm around people and I'm honest I can get them to sort of like laugh or like you know bring their shoulders from by their ears to like a little Mm. bit down Mm -hmm. and like relax Mm -hmm. um and I think when I also started to understand that like there were uh, the difference between funny and mean, mm-hmm. because I think a lot right. of people yeah. fine line, yeah. a fine yeah. line yeah, yeah, yeah. and about you know punching up and not punching down and mm-hmm. sort of just like um, when I understood that I could use my observational skills to like be funny on mm-hmm. purpose mm-hmm. as opposed to sort of like saying you know something wild at Thanksgiving that I am very serious about but mm-hmm. everyone's laughing at me because they're like oh like they're not in on the joke or whatever when I just learned that I could be a little bit more purposeful of it I wanted to be a sort of a student of it and mm-hmm. that came later I want to get your take because I know a lot of t- like especially now like comedians they're they're not it's, they're not as free to kind of like you know, cause, because because we're such in a PC culture, like it's yeah. a lot of people are getting flack about sort of the their the, the kind of things that they're they're trying to like bring off as funny. What do you, what do you sort of think about that? Because I feel like comedy has always sort of been like an an excuse, I guess, to sort of point out different things or po- things about different cultures or people or something. And it's just you know, it's not supposed to be offensive, right? Yeah, I think that like the if the comedy that you're trying to explore has no point. Mm-hmm. then it can come across as sort of mean and sort of like um, non-PC and sort of broad strokes and not really like artful or thoughtful. Mm-hmm. I think that the fear of a lot of comedians uh, of this sort of new way of thinking um, comes out mostly from comedians who are afraid to change their act okay. and how they tell comedy because mm-hmm. I think that the most progressive and exciting comedians are the most adaptive. Mm-hmm. They're the mm-hmm. ones who like, can admit, you know, I did a set circa 2000 that I can't do today. Right. And here's why. Let's talk right. about it and talk about what I learned and like the distance from that set to the mm-hmm. set that I'm doing now. I think a, a lot of comedians that are just, you know, uh, 
of the older generation that are just like, we, we're not allowed to be funny anymore. It's like, no, right. you're allowed to yeah. be funny, but you have to acknowledge my existence and mm-hmm. my, my, my POV as well and mm-hmm. understand that your audiences no longer just look like you. Right. And so if you want an audience, which a lot of them do, mm-hmm. there's going to have to be some evolution of that person's mm-hmm. comedy. And so mm-hmm. I think that um, it's exciting if you feel like you want to participate in comedy right now under these current sort of circumstances with mm-hmm. these lenses because it's an opportunity to like figure it out, mm-hmm. to really like it's like get really back, get creative. Get creative. Like, yeah. like to me, yeah. like I feel like uh, the uh, the biggest like uh, challenge to that is the fear of like, well, will I still be funny? Right. Yeah. yeah. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. Like, will I still be funny? Like, if I'm not able to make fun of like gay people or yeah. like black people, like, but then can I isn't still... that like kind of a gag? That's the challenge. Yeah. Right. To be a good comedian, you have to work around, and in and order to do that, you yeah. Know, and yeah. I think the thing that it's the mirror it's holding up is that if you don't know how to be funny without yeah. persecuting to, like, those per- groups, yeah, 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 not you're funny. not yeah. Yes. you're yeah. mean. Yeah. yeah. And so that to me is especially like necessity is the mother of invention, right? Mm-hmm. So right now we're needing the necessity is to change the way we talk, right? You know, our discourse about comedy and comedy itself is changing. Yeah. And so I feel like let that. Uh, spark creativity and imagination and how we like use humor to get through this fucking administration. Right, <laughs> right. Let's get through it through comedy. Yeah, yeah, Let's yeah. just Tell laugh. new jokes. Yeah. <laughs> where, where, who were some of your kind of comedy inspirations coming up? Oh man, I had so many. Uh, Carol Burnett, mm. Lily Tomlin, oh. like old school. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mama's Family, I was obsessed <laughs> with mm. the Carol, Carol Burnett show. Um, Love Nell Carter. Um, I she was like one of the first sitcom stars that like was my size. Oh yeah. Um, And Ken Fields. I mean, she's not a stand up, but she definitely. She was yeah. She She was was so deeply funny. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, I want to say she's my favorite character on Living Single. I mean, I want to say Regine. I oh, I Regine hands down. Everyone's like Regine. Yeah, hands down. She was the best character on there. Yeah, Sinclair was kind of doofy. Yeah. I loved all of them, yeah. but I feel like Regine bought it all the time. <laughs> she no, bought she it all yeah. the time, yeah. but also her on like, uh, um, what it's escaping right now. Uh, Facts of Life. Like, right, 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 right. Yes. I was just like, for me, seeing her, I'm just like, oh, here's this only this black girl surrounded by all white people and holding her own right, on the right, show, yeah. which is so my experience. Like in a lot of the schools that I went to, where I was just like, oh, I'm around her age, yeah, and mm-hmm. I am surrounded by these white people, I can hold my own too. Right. So like, oh, nice. there's a lot of sort of like comedy inspirations of that ilk that like, um, it's all about seeing yourself, yes. right? And yes, so yes. Uh, those I think were a little bit harder f- for me to find when I was that age, mm-hmm. but you know, I continue to be inspired by everybody. Oh my God, facts of life. <laughs> yes, <laughs> Mrs. Garrett. Mrs. Garrett. And it's like, oh, you know, let's let's just call it what it is. You know, Joe was, Joe, Joe had to be like Joe. <laughs> <laughs> If they were to do a facts of life no. now, yeah, I she think, would yeah. be. I mean, like, it, or I mean, it would be, like, like nobody would be as surprised. No, I don't think, I, I think people wouldn't be as surprised if she, like, came. No, but it's like, I was like, oh, it's not me. But I'm like, I feel bad. It's like, oh, my profile. Well, yeah, she likes to wear, she likes to wear army jackets, yeah. like, right off the Technically, it is. She could be <laughs> like, gender non-conforming. Yeah, yeah. Yes, exactly. Like, she could you be cis hetero non-conforming. That's fine. Or she could like women. I would support both. I support her. Like, she was one of my favorites. It's like, oh, she took no bullshit from anyone. I love it. Yes, yes, mm. yes. <laughs> so, like, how did, like, sort of, like, you being funny, how did that translate to writing and acting? Well, what? I started writing 
in high school and college out of necessity I would write like monologues that I would use to perform mm -hmm. for like auditions and things like that because a lot of the work like when you're pulling monologues as like a high school student or a college senior trying to do grad school auditions mm -hmm. it's very much like pain porn where it's just like dear master and it's like I don't, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. don't want to yeah, do don't this do monologue yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so yeah, yeah, I would yeah. write like little bits like that I didn't really attack writing as sort of like vocationally until mm. later in life. Like mm -hmm. I was always, I went to school for theater proper. Um, and initially my initial major was journalism because I always loved oh, writing. Okay. Oh, okay. <laughs> I went to like, journalism. Stay on that side of the table. <laughs> no, but I... Uh, while I wasn't writing in, um, you know, scripts, I was in You're creative still, classes, yeah. like writing mm -hmm. classes. I loved doing school newspaper, the whole nine. Um, and I did one semester of journalism and I was just like, I don't like the AP rules. I don't like any oh. style. Like I, <laughs> which have all been thrown out. Right, the window. Yes. Yes. nobody uses that. In the I do, the and then sometimes I get called out and I'm like, oh, you don't need to do that. You don't yeah, need to do yeah. that. Yeah. Like, I'm for this yeah, I'm gonna do this. Um, but it was a. Uh, one of the things where I was like, oh, my creativity had to like pull back a great deal, especially I'm sure now in like upper level journalism classes, you could be more sort of specific and true to your voice. Mm -hmm. But in those early classes, it's so like- It's so like regimented. It's regi yeah, regimented. Yeah. And I was just like, mm, I think I'm gonna do uh, a play in the theater department <laughs> while I figure out how to transfer. And so then I went to school for theater. Um, but the writing component, like I said, when I was writing those monologues to get out of you know audition or get into schools and things like that, um, that came about. Um, and it wasn't until sort of uh, when I got into UCB, I was doing more mm. sketch writing, mm. and then that parlayed into SNL, and then that to Insecure and writing on there. Yeah. So like, how was like sort of? I mean, you kind of touched on it a little bit, but how was like the early journey for you in, in this in this business? Like, what sort of things were you going out for? Like, I mean, I just was successful from the jump. Like, okay. I had no problem. Yes. <laughs> that is the as a plus size black woman, no problems. Yeah. Like you zero. Just said, you just said I want this, I and did. then they're all. I did. Yeah, there you go. Here you go. Yeah. I walk into the room and they said, thank God, a big black woman. <laughs> yeah. And that's just how I got. Yeah. That's <laughs> how all of us get <laughs> our exactly. way. Exactly. No, it, it, it was hard. Yeah. I yeah. mean, there's a real sort of like decision I feel like any creative has to make when it gets hard is, is this what I'm called mm. to do? Mm -hmm. yeah. Not just I want to do it because I think it'd be fun or I want the fame. Mm -hmm. You have to want it because it, it you don't make sense otherwise. Like right. it's very Sister Act 2 where it's just like if right. you wake up every day. Oh my God, Sister Act 2. Yes, yeah. but it's very real where it's just yeah. like you wake yes. up and you're like, I need to be doing this or I go crazy. Yeah. And that's how I felt about performing and ultimately about writing too is where I wanted to tell stories. I wanted to express myself and in the face of rejection and racism and mm. sexism and sizism um but being sort of the weed in the storm that's just like i'm not going anywhere yeah, right. you know what i mean yeah, yeah. um and i found that also through those rejections I, they were like sort of my superpower where i was just like okay now i'm i'm not just doing this for me i'm doing this for everyone else who looks like me behind yeah. me so that right. way i can prove this person wrong and so when the next person comes up behind me that yes. looks like me and they face that person they're given an actual yeah, chance. Yeah, 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 yeah so that was my struggle from new york to getting i mean in la it's that but heightened right. even if you are quote unquote someone that people want to see or are asking to like sit down with there's still that sort of like i need to be there 
um, for those that are coming up next. Yeah. And so that was sort of like my boots on the ground experience in mm -hmm. New York. Mm -hmm. uh -huh. I know we, ha we had uh, Tanya, who uh, she's the creator of uh, Vita, Vita on, yeah. um, a couple weeks ago. Yeah. And she talked about how being a, divi a, being a diversity hire and how she wasn't even aware that was like a, a thing. Yeah. Is that something that you. Yeah. Were you aware of this whole diversity hire ordeal? <laughs> I, I knew of it. Well, so Insecure, that writer's room was like my first television writer's room. Okay. Um, uh, well, SNL was my first television writer's room, but that was my first scripted, like, sort of, yeah, yeah. like, uh, half hour. Um, and it was this sort of oasis for people who had come from predominantly white rooms into this, like, utopia where it's just, like, black showrunner, black, like, it, mm. it was just, like, yeah. culture, and just we saw us in the room every day. Yeah. And then people would tell these stories of just, like, oh, this is the first room where I wasn't the only oh. in 10 years, where I was, wow. like, that's wild to me because yeah. my experience prior to Insecure was only SNL and nothing else, but that also was a historically white institution. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I was like, it was very, very white, so mm -hmm. I could relate in that way. But I didn't understand uh, the journey that they had gone to mm. to get to that point. So I felt very grateful for being in that room. Mm -hmm. And I became aware of diversity hire because they, when I became in the position of like looking to like find writers for shows that I'm creating or whatever, uh, we talk, right? Women talk, people of color talk, and just like, well, there's you know lists that agencies have where it's just like, here are black writers because you're a black person, and it's a black yeah. show, mm -hmm. and that to me fundamentally is not understanding the actual idea of diversity. It's yeah. not an all black room. Mm -hmm. It's a room that reflects the voices that you're telling in the story and the experience. Yeah, mm -hmm. and that always doesn't match color across right all, exactly. All the way across. We have right. white people in our insecure writers room. We have people of different ages, sizes. To me, that's diversity, and so. Mm -hmm. The idea of diversity hires just being just like, you know, brown, check, done. I'm praying that that system is sort of like losing its its, right. <laughs> its yeah. sort of like yeah. notoriety and force. And the new sort of wave is just like, is the person speaking the language of this show? Yeah. Are they qualified? Mm -hmm. And does my room reflect the world around us? Yeah. Yeah. And if those questions can be answered with, you know, you're higher, then that to me makes the most sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because um, I, I recently wrote up this story about, you know, that new series on Netflix, Family Reunion with Tia Yeah, Maori yeah, with Tia Maori and, 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 and yeah. they, they assembled an all-black writer's room. And I think it's because their show centers on an all-black family reunion. Yes. So, that, that makes, makes all of the sense. sense. <laughs> <laughs> all of the sense yeah. of the world. Yeah. And I, mean, I, I think that's so s entirely special. And I think that the opportunity to do, do those things nowadays, like that to me is even more of the shock and awe campaign mm -hmm. of what you just said. Yeah. It's just mm -hmm. like there are enough black writers who are working in Hollywood to populate rooms like that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And that is so deeply exciting and so specific to that story. And I yeah. think that's so smart and dope. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's like we, we are seeing like Tanya, she has an all Latinx writer's room, I think. I, th I think she Majority has, Yeah, ma Yeah, I think it's yeah. a mixture, but I think she has like different. Yeah, and then we have all these projects coming in the pipeline where it's like, you know, Asian people doing Asian stories. Yeah, and it, imagine. Yeah, mm -hmm. no, that's the thing. It's imagine. Like, <laughs> it's, it's shocking to me. It's like, oh, this is so shocking. Right, like, yeah. like this is like revolutionary. <laughs> but yes. it's like, this is- Rogers yeah. and Hammerstein both <laughs> King and I. That <laughs> is a problem. <laughs> and like, we were having this whole conversation about Miss, Miss Saigon. Yeah. It's like, oh, I'm not gonna lie, Miss Saigon is problematic, but those songs. Those songs. <laughs> yeah, Leah Salonga. Yeah, Leah I saw her in the original <laughs> yeah. Miss Saigon. Oh, you did. Yes, honey. I know I look 12, but I saw it. <laughs> Are you serious? Yes. I am Joe. Yeah, it was oh. very, I lo and again, problematic AF, 
but those songs those slap. Songs though. <laughs> Aren't they doing a Miss Saigon at the Pentagon? Yeah, yeah, the yeah. It's coming okay. through here. Okay. Don't worry. It's coming through here. It's like, you know, I, I'm, I'm ready for that. You're but here. <laughs> I am ready for that. I got my um, tickets. Oh, my God. My, my screen just blacked out. <laughs> um, so I just kind of want to talk about, obviously, and see, we mentioned Insecure, and your character, Kelly, is the life of the party. Oh, obviously. yes. <laughs> she, like, instantly became a fan favorite. Yeah, yeah, yeah instantly. Um, so I just want to talk about sort of, like, how that character came about. Did you, because you write, for, did you write that character and were you originally attached to play or like how did that sort of like work itself wasn't out? attached to play so okay. when i was hired at insecure it was to write in the mm -hmm. room um and which i did so happily and was just thrilled to be in that space with those people i'd been a fan of isa from awkward mm. black girl days so mm -hmm. it was a real sort of like awesome opportunity and about two or three months into the writer's room we'd broken some of the episodes and the character kelly was written originally pitched by one of the writers ben dugan um, as sort of just, we wanted to introduce Issa sort of like friendship circle right. and just blow that out a little bit outside of Molly. And uh, a part of our process in the writer's room is to uh, do internal table reads. So when the script mm. is written and we bring it to the table, uh, we all, the writers, we would just be handed out parts oh, okay. and we would read oh, okay. as the writer so we could hear it out loud because right. it's different than reading, right? Um, and I kept being assigned Kelly. And one day, Issa called me into her office and uh -oh. Prentice was there. <laughs> and when I tell you, so like, even though I was a class clown, I was like right. a good, good student. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So I was so just like, get called I was like, yeah. never. And I legit, I was like, uh-oh. It's said, principal's office. I was no. like, I have trouble. <laughs> right. I, I, they called me and I leaned over to a friend. I was just like, um, if I come out crying, just usher me, <laughs> usher me to my office and um, tell my story. Yeah. <laughs> and but when I was in there, Issa was just like, "Would you like to play Kelly?" And I, oh my god, I burst into tears for a different Aww. reason. <laughs> I was just so thrilled that she would see me as like a whole creator and like she knew that I had performed and written before. But my entrance into the show was as a writer, and I had zero expectations. Like you don't go into your first like showroom and be like, "I'm gonna be on this show." Right. Like, that was not even an agenda I yeah. had. So I felt really seen by her and That's like so really dope. appreciated yeah. and That's celebrated. So I love yeah. that story. Yeah, yeah, that is so dope. <laughs> that is a fantasy. Because honestly, <laughs> like it seems like she Don't was just me. written like it was she was written for you. Yeah, like, it seems it, like yeah. I mean like you know, I'm like, oh, it's so you. Yeah. Like, I don't know <laughs> but it's just that. yeah. But it's like but it seems like it's, it's supernatural. Like yeah. yeah. It feels for her we're I mean the Venn diagram of Kelly and me, we don't overlap a ton. Mm. I feel like the fun of playing her, I really feel like she gives me permission to tap into sort of the parts of myself that I like have on lock every day. Where yeah. it's just like and I think oh. that's true of any character work where you're just like all these characters w exist in everyone, but everyone's sort of volume is different on each kind of emotion. Mm -hmm. And so like, right. I have to like calibrate the tuning with Kelly where it's just like, oh, if I'm gonna mm -hmm. be playing her today, then I need to turn up like, uh, or lose all inhibition. Yeah. Yeah. Down to zero. And, like, we're in everyday life, I'm just like constantly worried about everyone. Yeah. She, you know, she's, she's not. No, she just yeah. zero fucks. Yeah. It's like yeah. oh, everyone has that friend. Right. In, in like one kind of range or another. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. It's like, and you know, I wish I could be outspoken right. and as brave as Kelly is. You, <laughs> you are. You have it in you. you I, it's in me. It's in you. Um, did you base her on any of your friends or anyone you know? No. Or like okay. kind of pulled inspiration? For, or like even like characters from, you know, that you've seen in the past or anything? I think for me, like, the and just 
all of the cards on the table, every script in the Insecure Writers Room is written by everyone. Mm -hmm. we, we, we parse out scenes and it's written together. And so she's really the culmination of the room's mm -hmm. uh, voice okay. and trying to give uh, Issa that mouthpiece of, oh, here's a friend of yours that will hold a mirror up to you and not yes. edit the picture. Oh, God. And just I be, love like, those friends. be like, this is you, girl. <laughs> and so it came out of that that sort of like sort of set the true north of her tone. Mm. And then I feel like, as as far as inspiration that I draw when I'm like approaching her, so many depictions of plus size women are more caricature than character. Yeah. yeah. And that sort of has been the product of who's writing those roles. And so for me, I wanted to pay tribute to everyone from Hattie McDaniel um. all the way up to Loretta Devine yes. to, you know, Yvette Nicole Brown. Mm. I wanted to be like, okay, how can I do right by the comedy that these women did, but also because we benefit from having a brown room, yeah. tell, give her boots on the ground, give her a real POV and a heart and like let her feel things. Um, and what I think is also special about her I think she's this sort of magical black creature who was born without ever doubting her place in the world, where she's just like, there's n like almost as if she's never encountered like a, a, a straight male white POV, <laughs> <laughs> where she's just like, oh, I don't have to doubt anything about no, myself. Yeah. And yeah. I don't know that as a person. Like yeah. I've doubted from the time I can remember, there's things about me where I'm just like, oh, I've doubted or questioned. And so in putting her on, I really try to put that lens on first where it's just like how would I act in this moment or in this circumstances if I really didn't care what everyone in this room thought and I just trusted myself 100%. Yeah. I keep thinking of the Coachella episode. Yeah, that's, <laughs> that's the that. one that's been going through my head. Yeah. I've just been staring at you. I'm just like, oh, okay, Coachella. <laughs> everything know. makes sense what you're saying with that Coachella. But, it's like, but you're, you're right about because like for the longest time and yes, you know, the, the black women have been like the sassy Right, friend. and that's funny. Yes, of yeah. course, but there was that was their only role yeah. in yeah. the thing, and so seeing character, you know, your character and like actors like Vet Nicole Brown, yeah. do these kind of nuanced roles. It's like so yeah. refreshing yeah. because it feels familiar because you're just like, okay, there's comedy relief there, mm -hmm. right. but you're also just like, there's a grounded sort of like elevated way that jokes are being told mm -hmm. and that she's seeing the world a little bit differently and that she's doing it not to appease the audience but she's doing it because that's who she is mm -hmm. indic like indicative of who she is you know yeah, yeah. and so to me that feels markedly different when, when you're watching something uh on tv and you see a person of color a woman of color who's doing that thing without any boots on the ground without any sort of actual POV or nuance, it becomes more, like I said, a caricature. Yeah. A caricature yeah. and not They'll a just say, you go, girl, and then right. they leave the room. Right, <laughs> right. <laughs> That's for the longest time, right? Yes, That's yes. That's longest time. I hope we get to see her more in the next season. I can't can. tell. Oh, my God. Yes, you can. Yes, you can. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm just, I'm just putting it out there. Just, I hope we get to see more of her story and, like, maybe, like, her backstory. And I hope she get, like, gets I a man. I hope she gets some. Yeah, gets some. <laughs> 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 Actually, I have a strong opinion about okay. this. Okay. <laughs> okay. okay, we need to hear the opinion. Though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I feel like the idea of of men on the show. Okay. Ooh. They. I think that our protagonists on the show are affected by their relationships and relationships to men. Kelly is unbothered, and mm. I feel like that as an so archetype yeah. of like a woman who's just like, I get it. 
when I get it. Right. If I want it. Yeah. And it's I don't need it. Yeah. yeah that yeah. thesis to me is just like I love this because yeah. she is the only one out of the four that isn't like having male troubles. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Who's who doesn't have it or want it. I mean, you'll right. holler once in a while. I'll holler <laughs> once in a while. But I think that there's something special about yeah. and this is the the about her and her journey on the show is that she's able to represent that but I, the the desire of a lot of fans that I hear there is just like I just want to see you in a relationship. I just want to just see like her dynamic. Her dynamic. How, how she, yeah. yeah. No, how yeah. She's like how is that going to like how is that going to look? But so, I know? also think that's like a symptom of there are not a lot of shows like this and it should be. Right. Do you know right. what I mean? Where it's just like every, and we, I think Insecure and a lot of shows, even Vita, where you're just like, oh, we're the only ones on the air that look like us, like mm -hmm. Pose. Right. Like Pose can't oh, be God. everything to every queer no, person. Right. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, yeah. when you see it, you're just like, oh. But I'm it gets close. It gets yeah. close. <laughs> <laughs> you're like, it gets close. <laughs> but like you want to see yourself represented so badly. So I get a lot of like big girls on Twitter and on Instagram being just like, show us in a relationship. <laughs> Booed up so I yeah. can hope. I want some hope. And so. <laughs> Oh, I can understand. That's, that's understandable, though. Like, Emphasis but you're right. You're right. You yes. can't. Yeah. But for me, I the shows that I'm creating that are outside of Insecure for me, that's an opportunity for that. Like mm -hmm. my pilot for HBO explores that very deeply, and <sighs> since I'm playing it. Is go big. We gonna see what happens <laughs> with Big Love. That's a different HBO show. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But this is gonna be a different big, a different love. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's, that's why we need the different stories. Like you said, not mm -hmm. one, not one choke can encompass everybody's yeah. journey. Yeah. So it's great to see the different types of journeys that a person that looks a brown, a brown woman or black woman or what an Asian. Yeah. They, we all we're all different. Yeah. So so I'm looking forward to but that. Like I said, Pose mm -hmm. gets close to the. <laughs> yeah. He's, that, he's a loving pose. I'm, I'm, I'm loving Man. pose. I did, a, I did a movie with... I was like, oh, you're going to be on pose? No, I mean, I, please, if you're out there, I will guest. I will be... You'll please. be in the ball. I will be in the ball. Oh, yes. <laughs> but I did a little movie with Billy Porter. It's not out yet. And he. it was my first time meeting him. And it was after the first season of Pose. Oh, my God. And I just was just like... I love you so much. <laughs> He's just killing the. Did you see the, the Tony look? He's did you just see the, But did you see what happened during the commercial break? No. How James Corden was going through the audience and he was just like, oh, okay, we're going to have people sing songs during the commercial break. So he picked up Billy Porter and he was like, I'll do this song. And then he performed Everything's Coming Up Roses from uh, oh, Gypsy. Oh, I was Mama Rose and Gypsy. Oh. So just look that up. It's on. And then he, he sings the it? whole thing. <gasps> yes, he did. Whoa. And he was, he was throwing shit at the piano player. He was like, oh, pick the right key, bitch. <laughs> I cannot wait to end. Wait, his sign is right up there. Oh, oh, the show oh, sign uh, pose is right. No, that's not him. It's really outside the window. It is. <laughs> Lit I love that campaign, by oh, the way. Oh, it's so good. Welcome back to Pose. The Pose. The Pose cast. <laughs> um, so you were also on Love Simon. Yeah. Oh God, which I actually honestly just watched that like recently. Not recently, mm. but like it took me a while to watch it for some reason. I'm I'm bad. <laughs> I'm a bad day. Um, I'm leaving. Yeah. <laughs> Goodbye. But now. you know, in that that show, in that that mo that movie has such a good message. Insecure is is very much a, a black narrative. When you are choosing projects or you know writing projects, do you immediately look for an in inclusivity the inclusivity inclusivity of the project? <laughs> yeah, I, uh. for me, 
inclusive. Inclusivity. Like, did I say if that? If the word were easier to say, maybe we'd all <laughs> right. do it. I know, right? Maybe that's we why we haven't been doing the it. name. Inclusivity. <laughs> and clavity. <laughs> and clavity? The clavicle. <laughs> the thing about projects, they need to have in clavicle. Um, no, for me, that's very important. And it's so funny because it's I don't couch it in inclusivity I couch it in does this reflect the world around me mm. and my experience and my friends and like which are inherently inclusive and if you look around your friend group and your work group and your life and it's not diverse and it's not inclusive that's a conversation you need to have with yourself mm -hmm. but for me when I look at projects if I see that it's I spark to it immediately because it's something that I feel like the landscape of film, film and tele television really need mm. do you know what I mean so it feels like a breath of fresh air so I'm drawn to that the, yeah. you know that that fresh air for sure. Okay. Mm. So you're, you're in a whole bunch of projects coming up. You're in Wonder Woman. You oh my, 1984, 1984 BT you're right. You're, you're, doing the <laughs> <laughs> you're doing the Sonic the Hedgehog movie. You oh. have your limited partners movie with Tiffany Haddish. Yes. And then you obviously, you obviously have your first deal with uh, HBO and then your show and then your, sh your movie with Tina Fey. Like and then you're starting your own then clothing you're starting. line. <laughs> I want to. Listen, designers. And then, and then, then you're running it. for president. You're, running president. you're starting your own. You're starting your own line of soda. Perfume. That's right. You're gonna be makeup. Natasha Rothwell, global brand. I'm coming for you, Goo. You're gonna get your kit together. For you, Gwyneth. It's, it's Watch right. out! What, it would be called Roth. <laughs> oh, there it is. Roth. Copyright Roth. <laughs> but how is like how is life for you right now? Yeah. Like it's pretty unbelievable. Okay. Like I would, I'm not, I'm, I'm not cool at all. Oh my God! Yes, you are. Look no. at your shirt. Stop. Um, I, know. <laughs> I got help with my life. Uh, no, I'm not cool at all. And so I feel very overwhelmed, and it shows often because I'll sit at home sometimes, and I'm just like, oh man, this is. Like I'll get a random email from like someone where I'm just like, I, how do they? Why do they care about yeah. me? You know what I mean? Yeah. Where it's just like you're <laughs> Tina Fey. Like yeah. why? Why are you? Why are you CC'd on this email with me? <laughs> so it's a very um, special time, and I'm trying to really be in the moment and enjoy it because my tendency is to project into the future about mm -hmm. all things mm -hmm. and just like how long is it gonna last? Sure. Like, and uh, all the imposter syndrome shit, where it's right, just like, am right. I deserving of this? And so for me, I'm trying to be as present as possible and as uh, um, understanding and kind to myself as possible because yeah. I can be really hard on myself about, you know, being perfect at everything, mm -hmm. which is unrealistic. And so I try my best to um, approach all of those things with uh, the hard work and ethics sort of th that got me there, right. but also giving myself permission to make mistakes, which right. I feel like people of color. We, we never do. We can, we're not allowed yeah. to slip, yeah. not once. And or so else we're canceled. Right, we're right. Done. So right. Hear that, Kanye? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, I don't want to be canceled. Yeah. Cancel culture. But yeah, I think that that's how I'm dealing with it right now. One day at a time. Yeah. One day at a time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hashtag one day at a time. Hashtag for real. Yes. Gloria Calderon-Kellett is a gift and her show is magic. She Save, was it. Save it. Save right. it. Yeah. 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 Um, I want to ask you about because uh, obviously recently with this the WGA ATA stuff happening, yeah. you were one of the, one of the first people to trailblazer <laughs> when the wave came out and you you know posted the fact that you dropped your agency. Why yeah. was that so important for you to do and also to put it you know to to put it out there? Well, I think that when you have a lot to lose, um, being quiet can't be really an option. Right. Um, you have to speak for those that feel like you know they maybe can't, mm -hmm. and I think. 
and that may sound like two competing ideas, but here's what I mean. Um, If I put that out there, then it will encourage those that maybe don't want to sign up or feel like they don't, um, they don't have a ton to lose, so why drop my agents? I need jobs. If they see that the the willingness of those of us who are fortunate enough and blessed enough to have jobs uh, and work and from agents that we like, I happen to be like the- the, A lot uh, of people were saying that they love their agents. Yeah. Yeah. To be able to walk away from that, I think, really sets the tone in the union that it really is all for one and one for all. And for me, the negotiations, as belabored as they've been, they're necessary and right, I believe, to really speak to equity and making sure that we're getting our fair shake. And Mm -hmm, I think mm -hmm. that as much as the television landscape is changing with, you know, it's no longer a world where, you know, you can make a living and, and buy an island from, you know, being on a TV show. That was the years of Friends and right. that about you mm-hmm. and, you know, mm-hmm. all of that where it's just like the studio system now, it's like, you know, you get these one-offs on Netflix yeah. and Hulu and it's just like, you have to get 13 of those right, to try to, to live, actually, yeah. to, 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 live. to get paid that yeah. way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so it's about sort of making sure that uh, the systems that are in place uh, are supporting the writers in the right ways. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. yeah. That's, 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 that's good. <laughs> I don't know what I was saying. That's, that's good. good. That's good. I mean, listen, if you want to be somebody, yeah, if, if you want to go, go somewhere, somewhere but if you, you better wake up wake and pay up, yeah. The time is now or never. Yeah, and it's, it's it really brave. And I know a lot of people, obviously, like you said, it's not maybe no, people yeah. don't feel like yeah. they have the, they're in a position to do that. But to right. know that there are other people out there that are like, okay, we have, you know, we're, we're together. We have your back. I think it's important. Yeah, and also yeah. it's such an antiquated system. Right. As is like, a lot know, of a lot of Hollywood, Hollywood. Yeah. and it's like a lot of people don't want to budge and I'm like oh, right. you have to because look at the world around you look at how things are changing right. and you know f- you know systems that are built not with us in mind right. you know kind of they kind of need a change well, if the <laughs> rules if the rules were built before streaming right yeah, like yeah. we need to come on right. <laughs> you know like, yeah. no one had no one was like when they were writing these reels oh my god in 2020 right <laughs> there's gonna be this thing called world right. with a short order limited <laughs> right. let's give exactly. them rights yeah that that exactly. was like you can't apply those rules rules that you know applied to shows back then to rules you know for something like you know yeah. black mirror or something like that but yeah. i really am proud of our union and i'm proud of sort of our leadership for mm-hmm. taking the stand and encouraging us to sort of fight for what we want yeah. and mm-hmm. not just wait for the system to change on its own no, yeah i feel like all major change in all major industries comes from you know the the really you know the gauntlet being thrown you yeah. know what i mean where yeah, you're just you like have to, you have right. to be the put up change you want to see mm, that's right <laughs> i'm just full of things <laughs> this <today>. is very <laughs> special sister mary clarence up in there i know <laughs> i mean i mentioned sister act two. i know now that's been yeah. in my head so i know the two i'm thinking things about have been the, in my the, head the, the sister act two yeah. and you at coachella <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> those are the two things that i'm that's thinking that's a good mind what's the song sister act two which uh, one? Oh, happy day no 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 joyful joyful Joyful. Yeah. Oh, yeah. happy day too. Yeah, I yeah. learned that dance joyful, because joyful. there I, it is. Yeah. Joyful, joyful. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. 
before. Yeah, boy, is he still, he's still around, right? I don't I wonder know. What oh, he's wait, doing. City High? City High. Oh. He was in City High. You're right. right. He was in City High. And I think, never mind. Didi Magno was also Imagine real quick, let's maybe do that as like a live musical. Oh, shit. That's all I'm saying, and it's not because, yes, it's because I want to play. Who do you want to play? I want to play, and it's the, is it Sister Mary Claire? Yeah. Will we go over? No, no, no. That's Sister the, who's the, who's, um. Lauren Hill? No, one of the other nuns. She's so funny. Oh. The really, really old one? Oh, no, Kathy and Jimmy? Kathy and Jimmy, yes. I forgot what her, her, her sister I can't remember, But I know. I could see you there. That's what I want. There is a Filipino dude in the, um, in the choir. I can just, I'll just slip in there. I know the dance. All you need to know. That's all you need. So just to wrap up, we like to end in like fun questions. Like what happens in Wonder Woman 1984? Like, uh, and are you Wonder Woman in it? Are you the next Wonder Woman? There's like, a, like the first ten minutes, Gal Gadot we is just like two all. Wonder Woman's, right? Yeah. Like I just show up. I, well, I'm wearing a leotard, so you have to make me the Wonder Woman. Yeah. Oh yeah, it's just, um, just joking. Okay, um, so if you had the opportunity to choose a guest star for Kelly's love interest, who Ooh. would it be? Yeah. Oh man. Oh my God. Oh man. You have a whole buffet. Oh, just my the pick of the whole litter. Yeah, there's no b- budget. There's there's, no they're budget. like, who there's, do you want to oh, play your yeah. love interest? How do you, I don't know how to say his last name, so I'll butcher it, but it's uh, O.T. Fagbale. Oh, oh uh, Handmaid's Tale. Handmaid's Tale, oh. yes. And he's, oh wait, no, he's in another Marvel movie. I was going to say, yeah. he's not a Wonder Woman. He was also yeah. in Looking. Yes. Oh, okay, he's a great and Instagram and follow. He's, and he's Nigerian. He's half he's Nigerian. Half Nigerian so. And he has a British accent. No, yes. big deal. Yes. So, oh my God. Yes. We're putting, you know what? We make things happen here I on the mean, Marvel podcast. No, seriously. We make, really? Yeah. We make Things happen. We, we, we've heard. I mean, <laughs> we've heard. Okay, heard we've heard some, some, some people get stuff. some people get phone calls about. Oh, things, so. okay. <laughs> My phone number is. No, <laughs> um, no yeah, he's. he's that's a good choice. Yeah, good he's choice. handsome. Um, what was the last show you binged? Fleabag. Okay, people, a lot of people have said Fleabag. I need to. T- I'm gonna put. That I'm on obsessed my list. with okay. Phoebe Waller-Bridge. Okay. The first one I saw when it came out, and I was just like, man, oh man, I need, I need a, I need a second season. And then okay. you got and it. Because and and everyone's also, talking about this hot priest or you something. You need to get your <laughs> life. Get your life. Okay. He's okay. a very like. It just beautifully written character, and it's a, a second season is hard to do, yeah. Yeah, especially if the yeah. first one was so, bad. Yeah. But she knocked it out of the park. Okay. It was wildly bad. Good. Okay, mm-hmm. I need to I need to put that on my list. Um, okay, so it's twenty it's twenty forty five. Your biopic Ooh. is coming out. Who's playing you? Ooh! <laughs> Ooh! <laughs> Myself because of science. <laughs> yeah. That's true. They can <laughs> We saw the event Endgame. They made what's his name look like he was like thirty. They made um, all of those people motherfuckers. Yeah, <laughs> good point. So Hell myself because yes. of science. That's my plan. Keep, keep it, in, is, keep it okay. in the family. Keep That's it in a good home. answer. Yeah. I really enjoy that. I really. Enjoy I want that. a career long that long that then I can come, come back, back and have and a like, second yeah. one. Put, and put you in like all stages, like when you're in high school. Yeah. When you're, yeah. I mean, by that time you're right. Technology <laughs> will be. It will change at that point. So. Um, so, of course, you're in Wonder Woman 1984. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Name three things or icons from the 80s that you shamelessly love. I don't know if I have an ounce of shame about <laughs> Rainbow Bright. Okay. Uh, Shira. Oh. Also, 
Cherry from Punky Brewster. Oh my god! Oh, yeah. yes. And Punk- you know that they were doing Punky Brewster. Yes, right? yeah, yeah, yeah. I was just like Cherry, like black girl, white best friend, been there, have yeah, her yeah. seats. <laughs> like I felt that. Oh Other god. icons where I was just like, uh, I mean, my god, I loved. Um, I mean, Cindy Lauper. I went through that phase. Mm-hmm. I think everyone, even me. Oh I man. <laughs> oh, and um. I just when you said Cherry, the only like the one episode I remember Punky Brew when she gets trapped in the refrigerator. Oh, <laughs> what? <laughs> Do you Network remember that one? Plot, <laughs> Network story from the eighties is just like that. Because they were playing hide and seek, and of she course. hid in the refrigerator like she in a junkyard stuck. or something like oh that. My God. And then she like passed out or something. Yes, she. They, it was hot. She had to get <laughs> help. <laughs> it was so good. But there are tons of icons. Like they're. I mean the. Well, There's we no get shame. to see you like in full '80s garb. I can't tell you, or I get I have to jump out of the window. So. <laughs> oh, oh my god! I just picture you in a jumpsuit with a side pony. Oh, oh man! Oh, I'm already oh, imagining. Well, I mean, we've seen pictures like in the the mall pictures, which yeah, are yeah. very '80s. It's very yeah. deep. Orange 80s. Julius realness. Realness, yeah. yes. <laughs> um, okay, so if you can reboot one TV show or movie that you would write and star in, <gasps> what would it be? Again, we make things happen. Here. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Reboot and star in. Yeah. yeah. So you write Two and you start. Instantly came into my head. Okay. Okay. You could just say uh, mannequin. Oh shit! Oh my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> really? Would you be Hollywood? <laughs> I would. No. Would I you would be the mannequin. Yes. Okay. Good. 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 I want to come back as the. Ma- I want to be the titular character in this movie. <laughs> okay, but Hollywood. I mean, Meshach Taylor is it's legend. R.I.P. But and then yeah. the other one that came into mind was wait when you said that and then. Me, oh, Mannequin, and what was the other one that just popped into my head? I forget what the second one was all of a sudden. Oh. Okay, well, we could talk through it. Okay, yeah. what was that? <laughs> no, it was definitely a circa that time. What was, oh, <laughs> this is mortifying and embarrassing. <laughs> this just speaks to that my, my, this is my crack, uh, like, kind of movie. Mm. The Mirror Has Two Faces. Oh, shit. Uh, with <laughs> Barbara Streisand and oh, Jeff God. Bridges. I think it's Jeff Bridges. Who's in, it's, uh, no, it's not Jeff Bridges. Not Jeff Bridges. It's. You have not seen this. No one has seen this movie but me. I I remember the title. I defy anyone listening to this podcast right now (laughs) to admit they've seen it and love it. I mean, I I think it was something like back in the day my parents watched, but... Oh, well, this is in 96. Yes. It is Jeff Bridges. Is it really? Is it? Yeah, it is Jeff Bridges. See, I, I, knew mean, it. I remember writing about Who would be the like Jeff Bridges? You'd be me, Barbara. I mean, obviously. I would be. Hello. Would it be Idris? Mm, it, would, <laughs> it could be Idris. It could be. Ryan, I mean, a Ryan Reynolds I'd take. Yeah, I would Reynolds, just. I would just Ryan like. Gosling. Let, I mean, Randall I mean, Park. Yeah, what? Yeah, yeah. Let's just like feel our feelings. Yes. <laughs> Who's the bit of a, Wait, what was this movie even about? I'm reading this. It is. A shy middle aged professor enters into a romantic but non-physical relationship it's a comic tale of a relationship between <laughs> a, a frumpy uh, college I lecturer I am never not <laughs> so mind you I'm 16 watching this and being like that's what's up like <laughs> that's they have a non-physical relationship so they don't have listen, sex listen listen no watch it and oh tell God. me I'm wrong it got a nomination she got oh best supporting well, actress yes. Barbara it was nom- okay the support who was this? was it Barbara yeah yes. it had to be Barbara okay. I think it was Barbara no, wait, 
Listen, was, get yourself. Okay, now worthy. I know what I'm doing tonight. Yes, <laughs> it ends with Puccini playing and them dancing in the street. It's important. <laughs> Listeners at home. <laughs> it's based on a, okay, we are learning a lot yeah, today, yeah, guys. Yeah, yeah. It's based on a French film, I yes! think. Okay. Yes. Okay, then. Okay. You guys, that's your homework. <laughs> right. You're going to have to watch Mirror Has Two Faces. Yes. Um, I finally found someone as a Next year, Natasha Rothwell will star and direct. I will star and, and direct in <laughs> it. And, and mannequin too. Yeah, and then there'll be they'll be different like Jeff Bridges throughout the movie. Like yes, the, the first act would be yes. you know, Ryan uh, Ryan Reynolds. Yes. second Idris. Yes, and we'll finish with Randall. Randall, Carter. yes. Randall. yes. <laughs> we'll just go all the way. <laughs> I mean, always be my maybe. I was just like, okay, okay Randall. <laughs> okay. Accidental thirst trap. Ooh. Exactly. Um, okay, so our final <laughs> question is, is there an underrepresented voice in the industry, whether it's an actor, writer, producer, or creator, that you think isn't getting enough shine that deserves their time in the spotlight, that oh, you want to give a shout out to? Yeah. You could list as many as you want. Oh, man. Mm. I wish I got this question in advance because I could come in with a printout. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Truly, that deserves some shine right now. Oh. It's like, yeah, just somebody who's not necessarily in the mainstream, but they're doing really like, like dope, dope shit. Yeah, yeah, oh yeah. man, I want to throw my shine on Alyssa Lampiris. She's a deeply funny comedian based out of New York. And if you don't follow her on Twitter, please do. Um, she's like, SNL would be stupid not to cast her. She does this character where she plays a mom and it's just such, very razor sharp observational humor mm -hmm. where it's not just like it's like a very specific kind of mom that's like the uh a 2020 kind of like pov of just like oh this is a mom dealing with current situations but with the same tone and tenor of like classic mom characters um but she does more than that she's just really really funny oh, good. well yeah. follow. i've never met her but well I just now you will <laughs> again we make things yeah. happen and you know what natasha keep tweeting oh Keep tweeting that one tweet you tweet every single day, which I love to see. Yes, Trump is trash. <laughs> Trump is utter garbage. It, it always comes to the top, and I'm yeah. all, okay. I was like, okay, good. Natasha's it's my doing meditation <laughs> post-election. I do it to remind myself that this is not normal, people. And then, yeah, I just like, oh, okay, Natasha's doing well today. <laughs> but thank you, yeah, thank you so, thank you so much. Thank you so much for, for having here. me. Yeah.